0: Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm Nanurl and you're listening to Unpacked Angles with me. These episodes were recorded for the Unpacked Angles YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the accompanying video, you can find the link in the description. If not, feel free to sit back, listen, and enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. But anyway, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't know about you, but I have been off my game lately and it's been months for real. My morning routine is basically non-existent. I have not been eating as well as I should. I have not been working out as regularly as I used to. And I don't know what has been up with my sleep pattern. I haven't been meditating or journaling as much either. Today has actually been one of the first days where i woke up and i felt really good i made the conscious effort to actually sit down in a quiet place away from my desk and meditate and really just absorb the sun. And it worked wonders, of course, like it always does. But for some reason, today was a lot different than the days, weeks, months <laughs> that have gone by recently. And I mean, you know, there's a lot going on, of course, right? I mean, I was looking for a job for a while, so that automatically is just kind of depressing. There's a pandemic going on, still going on. Wear your masks police and then of course you know black people are still being murdered by the police with no repercussions really so same old thing right nah it's a lot going on so i have had to extend myself some grace these past few months and just really allow myself to be and feel what i was feeling so of course you know i wasn't being as present or as mindful as i would have liked to have been and you know not being present or mindful in different situations in life can really hurt us and not just as individuals but also as you know professionals as ux designers ux researchers people in the UX field. This probably goes without saying, but it's so important for us to be present in our work. If we're not, there's a good chance that we might miss something or, you know, if you're a researcher and you're leading a research session, there might be a chance where you unintentionally make a mistake, like ask a leading question, something that could have been avoidable, right? And now especially is just not the time for avoidable mistakes. And so with everything that's going on and my experience having kind of fallen off the horse and getting back on when it comes to practicing mindfulness and being present, I wanted to talk about how we can practice mindfulness while practicing UX. So that is what this episode is going to be focused on. So I recently read this book called The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success by Deepak Chopra. Shout out to Alexia and Carly from Carly's Couch for putting me on. They actually just recorded an episode not too long ago a podcast episode about practicing mindfulness and so if you don't have anything to do after listening to me go ahead and hop on over to carly's couch and give that episode a listen i've actually linked it in the description for this episode so check it out i highly recommend it it was really good so i read this book the seven spiritual laws of success And it was a quick read. So, you know, I would encourage you to read it if you have not already. I actually listened to the audio version and it was like an hour and a half long. So not that long of a listen, really not that long of a read probably. So I would encourage it. But after reading it, I got to thinking about practicing these different laws and how I could do that, not just in my daily, you know, general life, but also within the work that I do within UX. So I wanted to share with you how I linked what I do and how I work to these seven spiritual laws of success in order to help keep me grounded. The first law is the law of pure potentiality. This law talks about discovering who you really are and what your true nature is. So in the book, Deepak talks about a few different ways to kind of get to this point of potentiality or pure potentiality. So he talks about meditation and, you know, sitting in silence and really just clearing your mind. That's really all it is. Decluttering all of these things that take up room in our brain and take space away from all of these other thoughts that we could be having. It helps to make room for potential. As researchers, we might be bogged down by demands. People want to get information and know things like yesterday, not even yesterday, like two weeks ago. There's always this pressure of working and churning out results and churning out findings. Your mind can just be bogged down at all times. When it comes to applying this law for me, what that looks like is closing my computer, Going for a walk outside, maybe sitting in the sun, actually meditating. And in this way, I make room for all of these things to kind of leave and dissipate from my mind, from my mental space and make room for the flow of like creativity and innovation, new ideas, new thoughts. Sometimes I have my best ideas in the shower or in the car at the, the most random times when my mind is not necessarily like super occupied. Like I might be doing something, but I also have a whole lot of room to think. This can be really helpful in trying to make sure that we keep our minds fresh about finding new ways to approach different problems that we're trying to solve. One app that I made really good use of for meditation is Headspace. I said made, but I continue to make good use of it. I use Headspace to help me meditate. They have a few different, like, I guess, categories, you could say, of things that you might want to focus on or things that might be cluttering up your mind or making you stressed out. So if you have not checked out Headspace, I would encourage you to do it. There's also Calm, which I like for some things, but I've been using Headspace a little bit more. And also, I have another book recommendation. I'm just giving all the recs out today, I guess. If you don't know how to meditate or really want to dive in a little bit deeper about what that could mean for you, I would recommend reading The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. It's the only book I've ever read so far that has made me feel very light as if I was on some type of high while reading it, completely sober. (laughs) So yeah, check that out. The next law is the law of giving. This law is all about giving to others what you wanna receive. So like the flow of energy, the natural flow. So giving in order to receive. I'm doing a lot of like arm movements. (laughs) if you're just listening in the podcast I'm gonna stop yeah so it's all about the flow of energy so the way I apply this to UX is just really constantly sharing my ideas and my like what I'm doing with others if you're working with a team that maybe doesn't know the importance of research or maybe hasn't even worked with a researcher before it can be kind of easy to get overlooked or be forgotten about in some instances. And it's not necessarily coming from a place of malice or malintent, but you know, you just don't know what you don't know. A lot of researchers struggle to really get involved and be, I guess, a kind of a part of the regular cycle and the regular process of a team, especially a team that's super new to any type of research. So if you really want to be involved, get yourself involved. I want to be involved, right? I want to be in the mix. I want my team to come to me with anything and I want to go to them with what I have. I involve others in my work because I wanna be involved. So by involving others, I involve myself. Essentially, you want to get your team what they need, right? So get what you want, by getting them what they want. It's all about this flow of energy. So if you are feeling some type of way, maybe because you don't feel as though as a UX researcher, or maybe even as a UX designer in some instances, that what you're doing is being taken seriously, or you don't feel as included, there's really no use in stewing on that and just kind of sitting and pouting and being mad about it or feeling some type of way. What really needs to happen is for the energy to continue to flow so if it's not going in one direction it might as well go in the other until it starts to kind of reciprocate itself (laughs) the more you put yourself out there the more top of mind you're going to be for other people because of what you've done to draw attention to yourself and the work that you do prime example two is the amount of people i've had reach out to me after seeing or hearing these episodes that i've been doing on unpacked angles i didn't really think too hard about it but me just putting out content and putting out my ideas and my perspective and my thoughts has brought back to me other people with other perspectives and other ideas and other needs within the UX field which I just really hadn't anticipated like I thought oh you know it'd be cool but it's happening and it's not necessarily something that I willed intentionally, but because I put myself out there, I let (laughs) the flow come from me. It's now coming back to me. So that's just another example. Give and it'll come back to you. Next is the law of karma. I feel like there are probably a lot more of us out here who are more familiar with what karma kind of is. Karma is all about cause and effect. Everything that you do in life, every single action that you take is a choice. It is literally a decision that you are making, whether you know it or not. These choices, so these actions are not necessarily good or bad. It kind of depends on what you put on it as far as like what your perspective is. But at the end of the day, they all come with consequences. So when it comes to work and how I apply this there, I know that every single action that I take has a consequence. So in a weird way, it kind of takes the pressure off of me when it comes to making decisions. So it's either I choose the action that has the most desirable consequence, or if I don't know what the consequence is going to be for some choice that I make, I just make a decision and see what the consequences are. I don't have to stew on it. There's no need to perseverate and really stress myself out about not knowing what's going to happen if I make this decision or this decision. It's really just pick one and figure it out from there. So this really helps me to become unstuck. I really don't have to sit too long with (laughs) trying to make a decision that I have no idea what's gonna be the outcome. I'll just do it, I'll just do it. This is very much easier said than done but theoretically this sounds amazing and that also makes it so important for us to be aware of the actions and decisions that we're making of course so when it comes to good karma if you want to label something good then being aware and present for all of the actions and the decisions that we're making is of the utmost importance the next one is the law of least effort which is my personal favorite. The law of least effort is all about accepting what's in front of you and going with the flow, moving with the flow of the universe, not going against anything, but just going with it. So in the law of giving, we talked about, you know, the flow of giving and receiving and how that worked out. So this is kind of like, you know, that same flow, that same energy with the law of least effort. It's more of like, All right, this is what's happening. This is like now the present time. Like what are you going to do about it, right? Are you going to try and go against the flow and really struggle to make things the way that they're not? Or are you going to just kind of take responsibility for where you're at, accept things for what they are, and work with what you got? I'm going with the flow, not fighting against it, because presently where you are right now in this moment of time, things are what they are, right? It is what it is. It is what it's supposed to be. There's no changing the present. It just is. So how can you maneuver in a way that's going to be beneficial to you and the people around you, but then also is not going to require too much effort or too much work on your part by accepting what it is. For me as a UX researcher, when I'm in a session and things are not going as planned, I used to freak out, right? This wrench had been thrown into what I had planned out very beautifully, (laughs) I might add, and thoughtfully. And now things are kind of going haywire, things are going off the tracks, and all I want to do is make things right again. Me trying to go against the grain and course correct by Forcing things was not serving me, was not serving the people who I was working with. And it would often lead to me being a little bit distracted, right? So instead of like kind of working with what I had around me, guiding the questions or guiding the conversation back to where it needed to be, instead I was trying to force it. And that caused me to be distracted. I would maybe miss a few things that I needed to get clarification on during the study. Or I would just be like sweating and going wild in my own mind that I just wasn't listening anymore. So I was missing out on valuable information. Things are not going to always go as planned and you got to just roll with the punches. You got to roll with what you got. So whether that is with a research study, whether that's with a design critique, you just kind of got to lean in and own whatever it is that's there and make it work to your advantage. You're always going to be able to make it to the end, to make it to a result. You just got to figure out how to do it with what you got. Next, we have the law of intention and desire. So once you're in this place of pure potentiality that we talked about in the first law, this law of intention and desire gives it more of a focus. This intention gives this endless pool of potential more of a structure. It organizes the universe in a way that works more for you and what you want. So basically kind of giving structure to a freed mind. In the book, Deepak talks about visualization being a really strong application of putting out what it is that you want into the universe, making your intentions known and your desires clear. What do I want and what does that look like? So when I think about UX research and all that I have to do in my position, whether that's giving a presentation, leading a session, maybe even updating my team, I visualize how I want these things to go. I'm not necessarily focused on the results of everything, but more so on me and the way that I want to perform. I wanna be present. I want to be able to speak clearly. I wanna be able to communicate my ideas Thoroughly while being concise. <laughs> and I want to keep my cool while I'm trying to find my words. If I may be thrown a curveball by a question or if I'm just kind of stumbling around in my head. And this law, this visualization, this technique really works. I remember having one of the best moderated studies I have ever had um, leading this research session. And maybe a few minutes before getting to the session, I visualized it going so well. And me just being there and asking the right questions and catching on to things and being able to get clarification. And all of that happened. And I was just so blown away that this actually worked (laughs) to be honest but yeah it really does. Next is the law of detachment which I think is probably one of the harder laws to appreciate and also to practice So this law is about detaching from things right so you cannot actually receive anything in this world until you are not attached to whatever it is. So in order to acquire something, you can't be married to it. So we can have intention and desires, but as far as the end result, we can't be attached to any one of those. In UX, this can look like detachment from a method or a framework, a result, right, an outcome, or even a design. Being tied down to any one outcome will have you stuck, and being stuck takes a lot of time and energy and it's really just not necessary like they say there's more than one way to skin a cat which is a terrible saying but yeah don't be attached to any one thing it's easier said than done definitely And the last law of spiritual success is the law of Dharma, which is essentially your purpose in life. We all have unique talents and something to us that nobody else in the world has. And so the way that I try to apply this to me and my work is I insert my personality into what I do and also into how I work with other people. I'm not exactly sure where to actually pinpoint like where or what my true purpose is or what that one thing is that I do better than anybody else in the world but I do think it has something to do with the way that I communicate and the energy that I bring although I'm not 100% sure how to describe that just yet anyway that was the last one I hope this was helpful in some kind of way either personally or professionally I hope that you learned something new and that maybe I inspired you to pick up one of these books yeah I just really had a great time reading this book and connecting it to the things in my life and also into the things that I do for work and I'm having a great time sharing it with you as well. I have some additional resources that I have linked in the description of this episode that go more into practicing mindfulness and UX and also just like within your job period professionally at work. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Unpacked Angles. If you liked what you heard let us know by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. If you didn't, hit us up on our website at www.unpackedangles.com or on social media at Unpacked Angles and let us know what we can do better. Until next time, deuces.